wonderful. Thank wonderful. you. Um, I set a timer so I can um, try and get sober um, uh, before the meeting ends. Uh, hi, my name is Lillian. I'm an alcoholic. And thank you so much, Ryan, for inviting me. Um, and thank you so much to um, my two loves, um, Bobby and Sophia. Yes, we are. We're sponsored by the same uh, very enthusiastic redhead um, who's really kind of like laid a foundation um, for, you know, uh, contrary action, quite honestly. Um, let's see, first I'll just get the stats out of the way so you won't be doing any math in your head. Um, I'm 40, um, 47, yeah, 47. Um, I'm, I've been sober for 15 years. This is not my first sobriety, but it is a personal record. Um, you know, I, I'm here just to share uh, in a general way what it was like, what happened and what it's like today. Um, I grew up in really chaotic alcoholism. Uh, my dad is an alcoholic and my mom is everything else. Um, she's a terrible Al-Anon, she's an overeater, she's a rager. And I was, um, you know, I, I was just trying to um, make it through. Uh, my earliest memories are of fear. I was a very afraid child, which, you know, as an adult, I'm able to look back and put that in its proper perspective. Uh, I was completely self-obsessed. <laughs> like I was driven solely by how I felt, what I thought, and what you thought about me and what you felt about me. And I was simply um, just not able to see anything outside of myself. But I went, um, also, I also have an older brother. He's like, he's six years older than me and I cannot figure out what his deal is. Like I cannot figure out, um, but he is definitely affected by this ism, you know, and the way it manifests is just like, he's weird. Like, I just can't, I'm like, bro, like, I don't know like what his deal is. And, um, you know, also, I mean, again, thank you so much, Bobby. Like, I just, um, you know, I just really identify with that story. Like, I, too, have always felt very different. Like, my name is Ilya. I was named after, um, you know, like a Russian czar. Um, and, you know, like, this is not a name that other women, other Black women I encounter. Um, my brother's name is Vladimir. Like, we, we came along... <laughs> We came along during my father's um, Marxist period. It was soon followed uh, by his um, Black Panther period. And now he's just like a capitalist. I'm like, yeah, dude, good for you. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I, I too, I've just, I've just always felt different. And, you know, as part of the fear in my household, like I, um, I was looking for an escape. I learned how to read when I was four and I was like, great, like get me out of here. I watched a lot of television. And then, um, you know, when I was around seven or eight, like I, I stumbled upon self-mutilation, you know, like I, I did not go looking, but I happened to accidentally hurt myself and felt a relief, felt an absolute relief. And I kind of filed that away um, and, and just, um, you know, eventually became like a regular cutter. And because of the uh, pervasive, violent alcoholism in my home, you know, no one noticed, you know, like we, we were living um, 
you know, we're living in Los Angeles and I like wore long sleeves for like three years and like no one noticed. And, you know, I can look back on that period and it was devastating and scary, but it also kept me alive. Like I, I simply needed something. I needed something to relieve that pressure. Like for me, it was, there was a ball um, in my stomach and every day it would get bigger and it would, it would, you know, move my organs around and it would make it hard for me to be in my body and it would make everything dark and scary. And then I would, you know, I would cut myself and, and I would get relief and that ball would go away. And, you know, it's described also, um, you know, by this guy, Clancy Eye is like a spring, you know, it's like a spring that just like tightens. And the only thing that releases that spring, um, you know, and eventually for me was alcohol. So but I, I will get to that. Like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't start drinking as a kid. You know, it's like, I, I feel like such like a latecomer, um, you know, to drinking because you have all these stories of like, I started drinking when I was eight and I was just like, oh, I was literally just like playing with dolls. But, um, you know, my first, like, I definitely had, um, you know, I get beers from my dad, like from the refrigerator and I'd like take like a sip, but you know, it, it was just like, well, whatever, like you had to, whatever. It was like the rules, like a little kid to encounter something fizzy, like you're going to taste it. But my first, um, you know, the first time I actively drank, I was, um, I think I was like 12, 12 or 13. Like I had finally, you know, like tricked someone into like being my friend. Uh, because again, like it's hard to have relationships. Like when all you're doing is thinking about what they're thinking about you. Like there was no room for any other people. But I finally, um, I finally, uh, finally got this girl, whatever, tricked this girl. And we, um, I, I'm, I'm from, you know, by this time, uh, I'm actually from the Midwest, but I, I moved to Los Angeles when I was a little kid. So we're in Los Angeles and we're, we're living in Hollywood and um, I'm, I'm just like such a nerd. So I'm like, let's go to the library, you know? So, so my mom like takes us to the library, but the library is on Hollywood Boulevard. And so I like said to my little girlfriend, I was just like, well, instead of going to the library, like let's just like go hang out on Hollywood Boulevard. And I can say objectively this, I mean, we were children, but she was, she did not look like a child and she was drop dead gorgeous. So, so we're hanging out on Hollywood Boulevard quickly meet these two upstanding gentlemen who were like, Hey, did you guys want to get some beers? And I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, they got some forties and we went into a parking lot and I, I drank that 40 and I was like, this is it. Like I knew without a doubt that that was the thing. Honestly, like I did not have to, I did not have to cut anymore. <laughs> like I did not have to, you know, uh, read like all, I used to always get in trouble cause I would like stay up all night reading. Like seriously, such a nerd. Um, like I didn't have to do any of that. Cause I was like, I, I have found the thing. And that said, while my home was bonkers, you know, my mom is a, an excellent Al-Anon and she's super nosy. So I didn't become like a daily drinker at like 11 years old. Um, but, you know, I filed that away. But one thing that did happen is, you know, the girl I was with, like, she had a natural reaction to being inebriated at 11 years old, which was like, you know, she's like goofy, she's giggling. And I was like, I got to get new friends, like, because I need someone who can handle themselves, because this is something that I'm going to do in the future. And, you know, guys, I, I did get new friends, like I, I found new friends. And, 
you know, by the time I got in the house into high school, I, um, I mean, I lived in, um, I lived on the West side. And so I went to a school in a neighborhood, which is known um, for its money. I don't know. And so I had like a bunch of rich friends and they, uh, unlike me, had very little oversight. So I was spending a lot of time with them and we would drink, um, you know, you know how old I am. So I, I graduated high school in 1994. And in the early nineties, there was something called Zima. Thank you. And that was my jam. Um, and, you know, so we would like drink our Zimas and it was also quite easy for us. Like I, I, we were near UCLA, so a lot of frat houses. So it was very easy for us to procure other things. Um, and it was great. I was just like, oh, high school was like the time of my life. Like I was living. Um, I eventually, um, you know, I, I ended up like getting into college and I went to college and I, I thought that college was like a five year thing where it's like you partied the first year and then like you buckled down the last four. And then um, so for the first year, I, I didn't go to classes and they were just like, oh, no, like you need to leave. And so I was like, OK, so uh, so I was asked to leave and I came back to Los Angeles and my parents were just like, OK, well, if you're not going to go to school, you have to get a job. And I was like, no, thank you. And I just became like voluntarily homeless. You know, they were just like, okay, well, you can't live here. And so, so I left, you know, so I, I became voluntary home, voluntarily homeless and I was um, living on the streets, but I do not want to give you the impression that I'm like street savvy because I was just living underneath their house, but it was still outside. Like I was still living in the elements, um, even though I was just, again, under their house. And, you know, by, by this time, um, you know, my dad had gotten sober and like my mother had found Al-Anon. And so I'm also able to look back at that and see, I could not drink and use the way that I needed to in that house. So of course I could not abide by any of their rules. I ended up getting sober very briefly and, um, uh, you know, I mean, really, it was, I was like, I mean, I was like 19 years old, like super hot. And I was in like a rehab that had like a male, um, you know, there was like the women's house and like the male's house. And I was just like, I've never been more popular, um, you know, but I, I was, I was not looking for a solution. Like I went to meetings so I could stunt, you know, like I, I was not, I, I was not having a spiritual experience. And, you know, after a couple of years, I was just like, you know what, like, the problem is not that I'm an alcoholic. The problem is that I was drinking illegally. But now that I'm over 21, I can drink like a normal person. I couldn't, <laughs> but I tried, you know, I, I, I really, really tried. And, you know, during this time, my parents are just kind of like watching me circle the drain. And, uh, you know, my mother was doing like a black belt Al-Anon situation. And she she, you know, she invited me to come to Al-Anon. So I was like, okay. And then I got to Al-Anon and I was just like, yeah, no, no, this is it. Like the issue is not my alcoholism. It's because my dad's an alcoholic. And so I immersed myself in Al-Anon. And I can tell you right now that, um, I worked a stellar program, but I'm an alcoholic and my alcoholism is only treated by AA. Like the singleness of purpose is, is critical to, to, to my solution. And, you know, so by, by the end of my time um, in Al-Anon, I was suicidal, could not stop lying. 
just could not get it together. And I remember my Al-Anon sponsor was just like, you know, Ilya, like, usually people don't go to rehab at 19. And I was like, literally everyone I know went to rehab at 19. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, this is a rite of passage. And, you know, I, I decided that if I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't going to go to AA because I was not going to be like my dad. And I couldn't stay in Al-Anon because, you know, I'm such like a, um, like, I'm very concerned with, like, what people think about me. I was worried that, like, someone from Al-Anon would call me and need something, and I'd be drunk, and I was just like, I just can't risk it. So I left, and, you know, this last, the the my the last year of my drinking was, um, you know, was awful. I, um, I th- though, for the record, I did do a goodbye tour of Al-Anon. I just, like, went to all my meetings, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be coming back anymore, so thank you so much for everything you've done, and they were just like, okay. Um, you know, but, but I, I did do that. I left and, um, you know, and just like they say, like I was drinking with a desperation that was, that had not been present before. And, you know, I also, um, kind of like re-picked up a casual heroin habit and, you know, but I, I, I had kind of like been out of the life for so long that like, I didn't have any more connections. So I'm just like driving, um, you know, down Skid Row, just like, excuse me, do you know where the dope spot is? And I found it, don't worry. Um, and, you know, and I, I remember like I was, um, I was getting involved in that and I started to have some, um, you know, there were some physical consequences to that. And I was just like, oh yeah, no, like this is not going to work out. And so I was able to, oh, sorry. I was able to put that down. And then a couple months later, I was having more physical consequences. And um, I was just like, oh, maybe this is the drinking. And then I was like, no, I doubt it. I just, I just got to keep on moving. And I, you know, I did keep drinking and, you know, I'll tell you what, just like, um, like what my drinking looked like, um, you know, it was like, it was really sad. It was really pathetic. I was not a social drinker. I went to a bar once and this guy said hi to me and I was like, never again. And so I just retreated, um, you know, to my bedroom. Like um, someone just said like my bar of choice. And I was like, totally like mine too. And, you know, I, I, I did not cook. I did not clean. I did not believe in trash cans. Where it fell is where it stayed. And, you know, eventually there were roaches in the kitchen. And I was just like, you know what, like, if it gets if it gets bad I'll deal with it and then eventually there's like roaches in the hallway and I'm like if they ever go into the living room then they're in the living room like okay if they're ever in the bathroom then they're in the bathroom you know and then they're like and then I'm like okay if they're ever in the bedroom and then they're in my bed and I'm just like there's nothing we can do (laughs) like there's just like what 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 can you do like this is just the way it is and you know and I and I live that way and that is not the way you know that that is not the way that I um that I grew up living and you know, my sobriety date is, um, is January 8th, 2008. And it was a Sunday. And uh, the Saturday before was just like every other Saturday, I drank and talked to the television that I passed out probably yelling at Saturday Night Live. And I came to on Sunday. Um, and I remember, um, I remember the feeling of, uh, of the alcohol uh, still like sloshing in my belly and I was fully clothed just like sprawled on my bed like everything was disgusting and I said that alcoholic prayer of please God help me and from that day to this I have not had anything that affects me from the neck up um, I did not start going to meetings I treated my alcoholism with very expensive dinners and the movies um, it was great I was just like sobriety is awesome <laughs> like, and then um 
you know, around like 30 days in, I was, I was at my job and I was just like sitting there typing and I was like, I should buy a gun. And then, um, and then I started going to meetings and, uh, <laughs> from that day to this, I have not had the desire to own a firearm and, you know, like I'm super grateful. Um, you know, I, I got involved in a group that was, um, you know, that, that I was very familiar with, like my, my, my dad got sober when I was, you know, when I was 16 and it truly changed the course of our lives. I, I was, I, I mean, I, I shudder to think like what, um, you know, what my family would look like today had my dad gotten sober. And so when, um, you know, so when it was time for me to get sober, I knew exactly where to go. And I showed up at this meeting I mean, and again, like I knew all of them. They were just like, oh, here's Anthony's daughter. It's not a surprise. Cause you know, they had been at the meetings and you know, when I lived underneath their house, um, you know, people from AA, like I would just, I would see them, you know as I was coming out from under my parents' house like they'd be like, hey girl. And I was like, hi, whatever. Um, you know, and so, so I was able to go, um, you know so, so, so I, I, I went into this group and um, and, you know, and, and I, I, I had found a solution to the thing that um, had plagued me. Um, gosh, you know, one of the other things that I didn't believe in was uh, parking meters. Cause I was like, the city of Los Angeles is so expensive. And then, now you're asking me to pay for parking? I think not. My car was constantly impounded, constantly. Like rather than paying for parking, I would literally just pay, pay to get it out of the impound lot. And I remember that that was one of the first things that I talked to my sponsor about. And she was like, put money in the meter. And I was like, whoa, like, okay, th this is what we're doing. But guys, like I, you know, I started to do that. And that was just like, you know, one of the very little things I started to do differently. And, it, you know, I, I have been um, rewarded tenfold. You know, the, the, those first couple of years of sobriety, um, God, I look back on them and, you know, they, they it, uh, I, I, I belong to a group, a civic group. It's, it's very active, um, very much into action. I was at a meeting um, every night. I had seven commitments. Um, we, we had baby showers. There were, you know, we have watches. I don't know if you guys have watches here where we, we, we watch people turn one. It's very exciting. Um, you know, there, there were just, there was just like a lot of activity. And at the time I was like, I'm so tired, but looking back, I'm like, I've never had a more robust, like sweeter, simpler time. Like it was, it was amazing. And, you know, I had just spent a year pretty much like by myself in my house. I, I was no longer capable of having, um, interactions with people. I, I had lost the ability to like make conversation, but that forced socialization, um, you know, it just, it, it, it truly brought me back to life. Like it truly brought me back to life and was such a great example of, um, I mean, really just like how to, how to move within the world, no matter how I feel, you know, I, I am someone who has always been driven by my feelings. Like I would wake up in the morning and like check in with myself. Like, do I feel like going to work? And if I didn't, I just didn't know, you know, I was just like, I don't, you know, it's like the, there's sick days for a reason, you know, and that was, um, 
but little by slowly, like as I'm sober, I start living uh, not by my own personality, but by the principles that are set forth. And that meant that where I said I was going to be, that's where I was going to go. Um, and I also did this thing where, because I, I was locked into that, but for a while I was just like, well, I'm just like not going to make any commitments. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm just not going to tell anyone that I'm going to be somewhere. And then, I, and then I started to feel, you know, I started to have that feeling of just like, well, maybe something's not right. And so I took it the whole other way. And I, you know, Monday Ilya was always making a plan for Friday Ilya. And that, um, you know, it really held me in good stead because it made sure that I was, that I was in the middle of AA and like, and I, I desperately, desperately needed that. Um, you know, 15 years, um, I'm like, how do you talk about 15 years? Um, I had a job. Um, I had a job when I got sober and I was not a good employee. Uh, I worked banker's hours, um, but I did not feel like there was really anything for me to do at work until like 10. So that's when I would show up. And um, it was not great, you know, and my sponsor um, let me know that, you know, my boss at work was my sponsor. And also that work um like I was being paid to do what they asked me to do whereas my view was like I was being paid to do what I thought was best you know and that that's actually not like what having a job means like it does mean like you're supposed to do what they what they're paying you to do and I started to do that and I um you know I, I ended my tenure there with like a couple like employee of the years and I was like thank you um <laughs> You know, and I, so I, I was there. I was there for I was there for around seventeen years, and then um, you know I, I found a little dream. Like I, I was I, um, you know, I was like I'm a graphic designer, so I was like I'm gonna go to art school, and you know my I you know <laughs> graphic design is my life, and so I went. Um, so I got into this school. I got into my dream school, and you know I had to quit my job in order to go to the school full time, and so so I went there and I did great. It was like. It was amazing. I was on like, the dean's list. It was wonderful. So I finished that first year. And then come the second year, they were just like, okay, great. So um, give us $40,000 to continue. And I was like, oh no, I don't have a job. Like scholarships, like loans. They were just like, oh no, like you're, you're maxed out. And, um, you know, I, I think that that happened when I was like seven or eight, so seven or eight years sober. And I remember the feeling of betrayal, which I was surprised by. But what it was is that I had been serving a cash and prizes God. I had been serving a God that um, rewarded me because I was a good girl. You know, like, uh, um, you know, I was a good girl and I put money in the parking meter. So I wasn't getting, so I wasn't getting tickets anymore. Cause I'm like a good girl and I'm like a good baby. And I, and I deserve it, you know? And, and I was like comfortable and like, things were happening because I was being a good girl. And that actually is not, um, I have now come to understand that I actually don't uh, have a cash and prizes God. I have a God who is, um, who is uh, an entity that I can rely on when I am having difficulties living life on life's terms. But my God is not designed to make it so I don't have to live life on life's terms. And that was, that was um, I, I think that that was probably like a really big turning point because I truly, I had not realized that. I had not realized that I was expecting favor, you know, just, just because. Um, 
God, I mean, and I, I remember those nights of, um, like those nights of just being scared during that period because I, I just didn't understand what was happening. But those nights like gave me a connection with a God that today I get to turn to no matter what is happening. And it is, it is such a blessing. So I, 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 I did not go to school, but here's a funny trick about graphic design. If you say you're a graphic designer, you're just like a graphic designer. You actually like don't need to go to art center to be one. So I became a graphic designer, um, you know, and it was like, and it was great. Like I, I was able to, um, you know, I was able to build like a really nice career and I was able to um, like, I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, a couple of years ago I got laid off, um, Actually, a bunch of things happened. A bunch of things happened a couple of years ago, but but I got laid off, and I had always like uh, wanted to be a teacher. But my mom's a teacher, and I was just like only one per family, um, which is not true, you guys. Like it, a whole family could be teachers, and um, you know. But but I got laid off, and was just like, oh, maybe this is something I can follow. So I, I ended up going back to school. Um, God, and I'm like a semester away from having my um, my bachelor's in child development. And like, I, I will be able to do this thing that I've like always wanted to do. And that is a direct result of AA. Um, let's see, when I first started, um, when I first started Al-Anon uh, as, I, I, um, for those who aren't familiar, Al-Anon is, is for friends and families of alcoholics. And one of the things that you do in Al-Anon is you attend open AA meetings so you can learn more about the disease. Like that, that's that's critical. It's, it's important to know about this disease that we suffer from and that affects our whole family. So I, um, so I would attend open AA meetings and um, I went to one and there was a young gentleman across the room who looked like Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. And um, I was very interested. And, um, you know, and so I'm like, I'm chatting him up, like, you know, doing like my whatever. And um, he was, he was also interested in me. It was very exciting. And I, um, he asked me out on a date. Uh, I, as I said, I was in Al-Anon and I was, I was doing my steps and my sponsor was just like, if you like this guy, you should wait until you're done with your fifth step. So then you can know exactly what you're working with. And so I told him that and he was just like, great, no problem. And then like the next week he moved to New York and I was like, perfect. <laughs> so fast forward a couple of years, um, I, I ended up being in New York. I actually ran into him in a meeting and I was just like, oh my God, this is great. Things are happening. Um, and we had this like amazing, like, you know, this like day around New York. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is it. And then like, you know, we messaged on MySpace that night. It was amazing. And then, um, you know, I found out the next week that he got into a relationship with like one of our mutual friends. And I was like, okay, this is working out great. And then fast forward another couple of years, um, he messages me on Facebook and I'm just like, okay, like what's up? And like, we're going back and forth and it's like, you know, it's like very great. And then um, he's living in Sacramento and I'm uh, going to go visit Sacramento because um, a friend of mine and I are trying to have a baby um, and he's from Sacramento so he wanted um, for his family to meet the potential mother of his child so we go to Sacramento and then I, I see his name is Rob um, I, I see Rob and we go out on this date it was like a 14-hour date it was amazing and um, you know in the middle of the date I was like hey by the way I'm trying to have a baby with Dwayne so you know, this is nice, but you know, this is what I'm trying to do. And he was just like, okay. 
And then the next month, um, he he comes to visit me in Los Angeles and he was just like, you know what? Like, I fully respect like whatever it is you do with your body. I was like, thank you. Um, uh, but I, um, I am interested in you and I would like to be in a relationship with you. And so I was like, okay, great. So I did that and it was like boy meets girl on AA campus. And he was 15, he was 15 years sober or maybe he was like 13 years sober. And like, we were together and it was amazing and beautiful. Um, we did it like real old school style. Like we did not move in together until I got the ring, uh, which is fine. I mean, do whatever you want. And th this is uh, just because of the way that I lived my life, th this was something that was important um, to our dynamic. And, and we did that and it was like amazing. And we had this like amazing wedding. It was like an AA wedding. It was wonderful. And then six months after we were married, I woke up with a start and I was like, what's that noise? And that noise was my husband blackout drunk. And I was like, wait a minute. Um, he had just turned 15 years sober and um, I was enraged. Um, and I remember that night, like, I mean, I, I, I remember that night clearly. And I remember my first thought was like, I am not going to tell anyone. I was like, what happens in our home stays in our home. And then I was like, wait a minute, what am I saying? And I literally called my sponsor at like four o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, he's drunk. And she was just like, yeah, girl, alcoholism. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, and honestly, like that was like her perception of it was so comforting because I was like this is a four alarm fire and she was like this is alcoholism like alcoholics drink like this is what we do and he was also trying to tell me that and I was like no this is not what we do but you know that was um you know that 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 was the beginning of a very um of like a very wild five years. And I can honestly tell you that um, I actively worked to make his life a living hell. Because I was like, how dare you? Which I can say is perfectly unreasonable. Um, you know, but what, what ended up happening is um, I reached a point where Well, I guess I, I reached a point of surrender because um, I actually, you know, a, a girlfriend, I was complaining to a girlfriend of mine. I was just, you know, this was like a, this was like a couple years in and I was like, he's drunk. And she was just like, girl, like he's been drunk for two years. Like we, 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 we can't keep being surprised. And I was just like, that's a valid point. And then, um, you know, like I'm, I think like a couple months later, someone was just like, what is it that he's doing that's stopping you from doing what you need to do on a daily basis? And I was like, also a really valid point. Like all that it's doing is, um, is, is forcing me to, <laughs> to let go of my fantasy of, you know, our little perfect like AA house and like, look at us and like, we're AAs and aren't we cute and in love? I mean, and we were those things, we're adorable um, and like totally in love, but like, you know, but our lives were not, um, it was not about us doing AA together at that point. And, you know, that really, that really changed everything for me. And, 
you know, what ended up happening is that I, um, is that I loved him. I loved him. I loved him anyway, you know, and I, and I was able to say to him, um, I, I accept you as you are. Like, I, I completely accept you as you are. I love you. I love our family. And, um, and yeah, like, let, let's, let's just see where this goes. And, you know, a couple of years after that, like he got sober and it was a direct result of me kind of stepping completely out of the way. Cause for those first couple of years, <laughs> he'd be like, Oh, like, do we have any sugar? And I'm just like, you're drunk. You know, like it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, way more mild than that because like, we're both like very non-confrontational and like, I'm very like, me, 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 you know, so it was mostly me just like, you're drunk, you know, um, you know, but we, um, but we, we ended up having a baby, um, just like the best baby. I mean, he's five, like he's not a baby, but he, he's my baby. And, um, you know, and that has also been a, you know, a, a profoundly affecting experience. Like, and it, it is truly an opportunity, um, you know, to have like another newcomer in my life. <laughs> and I, I get to treat him like a newcomer. You know, I get to treat him like someone who is not familiar with our customs and traditions. And I just got to tell him about and show him, you know, like about our customs and traditions. And, you know, we we are very we are very lucky. Like he is in the center. I mean, he's definitely more popular than me. Um, like we are in the center of AA with this little boy. Um, you know, and I, I just I always think about like the legacy, like my, my father's mother died a really horrible alcoholic death, you know, and, you know, and then her, her son got sober and then her granddaughter got sober. And now her great grandchild is just like running amok, um, you know, like in these rooms and it's just like surrounded by love. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. Um, you know, the, 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 the greatest thing that has happened to me, um, and I kind of talked about it before, but just like the idea that I can, that I can place principles above my own personality that, and, and, and with that, I can, um, change my mind about absolutely anything. There's a line, um, you know, that talks about being grateful for the seemingly good and the seemingly bad. And like today, I do not have to be the arbiter of like what's good and what's bad. Like there are so many things in my life that like before it just felt like, oh, this, I mean, honestly, like even like my husband drinking, like the work that I have had to do, like the painful, um, but very honest conversations I have had to have I have had to have um, with him, like, and with our other family members, like that has been, like that has actually been a blessing, you know? And qu quite honestly, like kind of understanding, um, cause it, it, it's interesting. Cause when he first drank, I was like, um, you know, I did see it as like a failure. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Cause like, I too am an alcoholic. <laughs> like th this is, you know, th this is also, thank you so much. This is also a disease that I suffer from and being able to get a, um, just like a better perspective of like my understanding of alcoholism. You know, it's like, this is, this is a disease. Um, I'm like, yeah, it's a disease until it's affecting my life. Like it's, a, it, you know, it's something we're powerless over until I feel like he's not doing it the right way. Um, <laughs> 
you know, and like my, my ability to change my mind has also meant that I, um, you know, that, that, that I, I, I am able to accept people as they are, you know, like, just like I'm sure all of us do, like I, I have family, um, you know, like in their bonkers, like they are straight up bonkers. And today I get to like, love them anyway. And I don't have to like, I don't have to convince people of anything. Like I have 100% like ceased fighting and it has been a relief and a blessing. You know, today, like, like I said, like I'm finishing up this degree in school and I am um, 100% like the oldest person in all of my classes, like often like mistaken for the teacher. And I'm just like, yeah, totally. And it, it has been, um, it's been such a wonder, like to be, to be new. Like, I, you know, it's like, I've, I've been around for a while. And, like I'm an older person and like, I, I get to go into these classrooms and like be new and I get to apply the principles that I learned in this program. I get to like, thank the teacher after, um, you know, I get to like sit in the front. I get to like show up early. I get to try and be an example, like in my everyday life of the things that I've learned here. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just so grateful. There were a couple of newcomers here and I'm so glad you're here. And I, I'll tell you what, like the concept of one day at a time was also impossible to me when I first got sober, because it felt like there is, I have too much feeling to just stay in today. Like I, I feel things too deeply to just keep it right here in today. But what I have found is I, I can just do one day at a time. I have had the opportunity to do like one you know, like one hour at a time. And that has held me in good stead. And I just hope that if you're new that you, um, you know, that like, that you keep coming back. And I hope that you find here what we have found. Um, and that is, you know, AA has done for me slowly what alcohol did quickly, but this has definitely felt more um, long lasting. So thank you all again.